Hi! Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we talk to former Bison NFLer, all-around good guy, Israel Adonage, as he's been inducted into the Canada West Hall of Fame. Also, Kelly Moore informs us of a new hockey program, development program for kids, put on by 50 Below, Winnipeg Ice, Winnipeg Blues. And finally, the replay booth. Jeff Braun and I review white men can't jump because we are white men that can't jump on the podcast. One of the University of Manitoba's most famous alums, Israel Adonage, has entered the Canada West Hall of Fame. And Adonage, who starred on the gridiron for the Bisons between 98 and 2002, joins us now on the CGOB Sports Show. Israel, congratulations on this honor and thanks for joining me tonight. Oh, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's a privilege. To, do you, how often do you think about the days back in uh, the late '90s, early 2000s, and what it was like to <laughs> just start out? Really, your it was almost the beginning of your football career. Really, yeah, yeah. Truthfully, it was the beginning of of my career. And, and you know, I, I have a home in Winnipeg, so you know, whenever I'm home, I, I do a lot of stuff at the University of Manitoba. Still, we do a big football camp every every year with with the, uh, the University of Manitoba, with the football guys, they come out and coach our kids. So I spend a, a lot of time still within the ecosystem, and that's always a reminder of, of just the incredible journey that I've been so fortunate to be on. How much do you think the game has changed between when you were showed up at the university and to where it is now? I mean, just the game has changed significantly. You know, um, you know, I, I haven't played, you know, CIS or Ken West football in, in a long time, but just you know, looking at the the rules, the rule changes that I experienced when I, when I entered the NFL in '03, to what the league is like today, um, and and typically when rules and, and regulations start sitting on, on you know the NFL level, it really trickles down throughout all the leagues, right down to like Barrington and Peely football. So there's been some significant changes as far as how the ball's handled, trying to make you know make things safer for for players. And um, for those those adjustments, I'm 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 truly I'm it's important. So for those unfamiliar with your story, you moved from Nigeria to Brandon when you were four years old, and football was not really top of mind, was it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, football it truly wasn't something I wanted to do. Uh, a lot of a lot of people don't know. I went out to one football practice in grade nine. I didn't love it. And I went back to focus on my basketball career. I played basketball primarily my whole life. My dream was one, one day to play for the Chicago Bulls. And that's what I had written in a journal when I was 12, 13 years old. And every day that was like my focus. After school, I was on the basketball court working and, and, and pursuing this dream of one day playing, playing uh, in the NBA. And I, at the time, I was, I was running after school programs or youth leadership programs at the YMCA. My boss at the program, Kevin Grindy, uh, he came to Vincent Massey to, to start a football league. He convinced me to play. I played that one year. Following, he got me a spot, a tryout for Team Manitoba. I did not want to go. He convinced my mother to drive me two and a half hours from Brandon to Winnipeg for the Team Manitoba tryouts. I went kicking and screaming. I did not want to play football. And, you know, by the grace of God, I made that team that year. Um, there were scouts at that team from the University of Manitoba Football Club, as well as, you know, uh, as uh, North Dakota. I was fortunate. I signed with the, with the Bison, 
and I was fortunate to play there for five incredible seasons. Physically, how big were you then? Um, so, I mean, over the range of my career, I, I, I mean, I, I saw everywhere from 250 to when I left the University of Manitoba to go to the East-West Shrine game, which is the game they invite two Canadians to every year. It's played in San Francisco. Um, I was two, I reported at 297 to the East-West. Wow. And uh, what was the optimal weight? Uh, I mean, I, I think throughout my career, my optimal weight has always been like 265, 270. You know, um, but depending on what position I played, like when I played for the Bears in 08, they moved me primarily to nose tackle on the inside. At that at that weight, I was 315. That was the heaviest during my playing my playing years. So you know, from 260 to 315 is where I played at. But I always felt like 265 ish, 270 was really my sweet spot. Now you've been busy during your career since your football career ended with a lot of charitable activities why is is that important to you yeah i mean i I just i truly believe and and i know for fact that israel adonage that i would not have been able to achieve a fraction of the things that i have i would not have been able to overcome some of the obstacles i've faced through my life uh without a support system without people at points pushing me in the right direction uh giving me uplifting words letting me know i wasn't on the journey alone you know, so with what we're trying to do with, you know, if charities and impact house, we're just trying to, to let people, these kids know that they're not alone. And it sometimes could be the littlest thing or, you know, a, a, a program that brings a kid out and just allows you to, to give them a hug or feed them for a day or take them to a, a unique experience. But it's really just about letting these kids know that the, the journey of life is hard uh, for all of us. And, you know, throughout that journey, we all sometimes just need to know that we're not alone in it and that the, the world cares, that people care, and that the challenges will, will pass as well. So that's what we're trying to do with what, the work, and I'm, I'm truly a small part of it. You know, the beauty of football is that you have this stage, you have this platform to use a voice, but I'm, I'm just a part of the team. We have a lot of great sponsors. You, know, you talk about in Winnipeg, Pinnacle Staffing, Giant Tiger, you know, uh, the University of Manitoba, the the, the, the scores of volunteers that come out every year to support the programs we do with these kids. I mean, uh, it truly takes a village and, and uh, I'm just, I'm just thankful that we're making an impact and doing meaningful work. And finally, Israel, just talking about the university, since this is about the Canada West hall of fame, just what kind of impact can a university experience have for somebody? I mean, it's, it's transformational, you know, especially when you look at the university of Manitoba uh, as an institution, it's truly for so many students, it's like the first uh, taste that they get of, you know, this North American lifestyle or this, this new, you know, uh, this, this, this hemisphere of the world where they're coming to this university to study abroad. They're, they're learning things for the first time. They're meeting new networks, meeting new people. Um, truly the, the relationships that you make during your years at university um, can be transformational. The things that you learn, the opportunities that you get. When you look at some of the top Fortune 500 companies in, in our world and in, in this country, you know a lot of those junior executives, those people coming up, you know they're getting those opportunities because of the academic institutions that they've come from, the relationships and the people that they've met along that journey. And you know that's what the University of Manitoba can and does represent to so many students and to, to so many people in Canada. 
Well, Israel, I appreciate your time tonight. I know you had a busy day, and I appreciate you coming on the show. And again, congratulations on being the newest member of the Canada West Hall of Fame. Oh, thank you so much. It's, uh, it's an honor. 50 Below Entertainment and Sports, which includes the WHL's Winnipeg Ice and the Winnipeg Blues of the Manitoba Junior Hockey League, as well as the Rink Hockey Academy. They've announced the launch of the Manitoba Junior Ice Spring and Summer Development Program. And earlier today, 680 CJOB Sports Director Kelly Moore spoke with 50 Below President David Blatt about this latest addition to his company's hockey portfolio. It's kind of the next evolution in our mandate to become a leader in hockey development here in Manitoba. Uh, previously, spring hockey is kind of the, uh, the program you do after you run your regular season. And uh, for the past number of years, it's kind of been uh, an outlaw league that's been ran by uh, very passionate parents. And we have been very fortunate to put the two leading spring hockey organizations together, being uh, the Manitoba Mustangs, uh, Manitoba Brick Group, and the Spring Manitoba Hockey Development Group, to put it under our umbrella of 50 below. So we're adding it to the Winnipeg Ice, the, the Winnipeg Blues, and our RHA teams. The benefit to uh, the players and the families and the, all the entrants in it is we really can leverage all the assets we have and uh, our state-of-the-art facility here at the rink and uh, all of the professional coaches that we have under our umbrella. So uh, we are excited, and it's going to be uh, a great spring, although uh, looking forward to spring, we got a long winter in front of us. Yeah, that's for sure, yeah. Uh, David, you mentioned passionate parents, and I couldn't help but think <laughs> when you mentioned that uh, uh, that you were still able to pull this off. So what were some of the trigger points that convinced the people who were running these spring programs that this is for the betterment of the program and the big picture coming under your umbrella? Well, ultimately, these programs were started uh, many years ago because there was not any better offering uh, available in Manitoba. In, in meeting with the, the individuals that founded these organizations and after uh, them touring our facilities and understanding what our programs are about, they too came to the realization that this truly is a win-win relationship and uh, the programs can, can only be enhanced from here. And so it, it's similar to rather than homeschooling your, your son or daughter, you're now sending them off to a, a public education group where there's professional trainers and uh, programs that uh, are proven to work. Uh, in addition to that, having uh, the luxury of having the ice here, uh, a lot of these young athletes will have uh, opportunities, uh, kind of mentorship opportunities, to uh, work and play with some of the ice hockey players, the blues hockey players, the RHA hockey players, and um, kind of like a buddy system. So at the end of the day, it's a win-win relationship, and they, these operators couldn't have done it on their own, and they were looking for the, the next best thing to help out the parents and families within Hockey Manitoba. So the Manitoba Junior Ice uh, Hockey Development Program, it's for spring and summer. Uh, what are the age groups involved here, David? Are they boys and girls? And, and uh, I guess while I'm throwing uh, numbers and questions at you, how many teams would be involved as well? So the, the program runs from starts at age six and makes its way up to uh, 13 or 14. There's, uh, it is for male and female. There's 30-plus teams. So we're looking at the program um, helps about five to 600 kids a year and um, really fills a void that um, Manitoba has not had before at, at this type of level. And um, it's going to be a very unique experience for, for Manitoba and youth hockey. Yeah, for sure, because as you mentioned, uh, you know, the Peyton Krebs, the Connor McClennans uh, of the world, 
uh, the Carson Lambos, they'll have a chance uh, to work with these young players as they become household names in Winnipeg themselves, which I think will be pretty cool. And uh, will it be, will the focus be on development or uh, will it be kind of a 50 50 split in terms of development and playing games? It's it's going to be both. It's going to be a split. I mean, in the development of your skills, you got to you got to practice and you got to play. And uh, this opportunity will have these development teams that will practice. Each team will be of similar skill level for the for the athletes, and then they can take those skills and and use them in a, in a tournament environment. So we'll have uh, come the spring four or five tournaments that not only will be for uh, local people, but will ultimately attract the best of uh, hockey players in all of North America. And uh, elite tournaments and elite players attract other elite players and teams. So we are looking forward to that. You talked about the fact that there's 500 to 600 players involved in this. Uh, uh, Do most of the parents know what has happened here, or uh, will they find out eventually through the grapevine? How's that going to all work out, David? Uh, Well, uh, as you know, Winnipeg's a pretty small community, and so I'm sure a lot of it has already been, there's been, we've been working on this for six months, and uh, parents talk and people are connected, so I'm sure a lot of them that are involved do know about it. Uh, Interviews like this will let them know about it more. The, The press release we've sent out this morning will, they'll learn about, and Obviously, we have our uh, our marketing team and uh, all our social media will be uh, updating people as we uh, we learn more. Jeff Braun and I, every other Tuesday, we watch and review an old sports movie. He is part of the Couch Potatoes. He's a big movie buff. I'm a big sports buff, so we combine our our buffs to do this. White man cannot jump. Just a closer walk with White Men Can't Jump, a movie that hits close to heart because I'm a white man who cannot jump. Great title. It's one of the better titles we've come across. I think the title was, it was one of the movies where the title was already there before the movie had even been written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it got put butts in seats. That's a good, that's what yeah. a good title is, you know? So I annoyed, interest. all I knew this was basketball with Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes and Sports Connection. Wesley Snipes was in Major League, which is the first movie we did yep. in this series. And directed by? The same guy who directed Bull Durham. And Tin Cup. Okay. Ron Shelton. Okay. Yeah, so he's got some pedigree in the sport movie business. There. So the basic premise is Woody Harrelson is this naive, goofy white guy who's going down to the basketball courts. Oop, he's not very good. I'm just going to try a little bit about Oops, he's actually really good and he hustles people out of money. He spent all day. But this is by what it's he got there at the beginning. The first scene, he gets to the beach, the basketball courts by the beach early in the morning. No yeah. one else is there. He has a nap on the court. And later on, he starts hustling people. So he spends the whole day at the beach, and he made $60. Which in I mean, you know, it was 1992, and he was poor, but still. Not great. No. And, like, all his clothes were in tatters. And it's like, is that part of the act? But no, we find out they're pretty poor, him and Rosie Perez. And he's the one white guy down there, and that's why people are saying, hey, you come play here, chump. Chump. Well, I'm talking to you. My name ain't Chump, it's Billy Hoyle. All the other players are black, and they're talking trash to him, and he's not... He's not phased at all by it. Turns out he's actually a good <laughs> basketball player. Oh, yeah, he's surprisingly good. And then you'll learn quickly that he and his girlfriend need money because he is in debt to a mobster because he was going to throw a basketball game, but then someone got him mad and then he didn't throw the basketball game yeah. and now they want to they want his money and or they'll kill him. He's very susceptible to 
you know, like you, you don't have to needle him too hard to get him to make really bad money decisions, yes. right? So, and her plan is to go on jeopardy, is to go on jeopardy and win, which she does. <laughs> it's the most insane thing. Medicine, superstition, natural disasters, books of the Bible, sports, and finally. Foods that start with the letter Q. She and seven subject, foods that start with Q. She just runs the category of foods that begin with the letter Q. Which... So all the things that she had practiced <laughs> and ranted about, knowing all the stupid knowledge, are all the categories on Jeopardy. Now, before we get to that, there are a number of basketball scenes between Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson that they go hustling people, but then Woody gets hustled by Wesley and some of his friends, yeah, it's good and he gets crosses. very mad about that. He's very, it's hard to get a read on him because he seems like this goofy, aloof guy, but once he gets with his girlfriend, he's kind of mean to her. Yeah, Tell but her even when people lot. are mad in this, they don't get really mad. Like, he confronts They cool down him. quick. Yeah, uh, Woody Harrelson goes to confront Wesley Snipes after Wesley Snipes turns the tables on him, and he get, he goes there, like, very upset, and they're arguing stuff, but then all of a sudden, they, like, stop to watch. Everyone's like, hey, get out of the way, you are watching a basketball game on TV. And then everyone cools like, down. Oh, yeah, so it's like, What? I don't know. Has anyone besides a bad guy ever worn a full-length duster? I wrote that down because those gangster guys show oh. up. And just they've got like cow- long cowboy coats on. It's like, well, I guess those are the bad guys. Right. We get to this two-on-two basketball tournament where, hey, this is where they're finally going to get the money they need. And they win it by arguing the entire time. All anybody does is bicker at each other. It's tra- tough to get a read if they're doing this to fire each other up or if they're actually angry at each yeah. other. But... You can tell they're friends, but also super competitive. They win it. I'm surprised no one was disqualified from this, what's it called, Brotherhood Tournament. Coalition of American Corporations, the Brotherhood Tournament. The TTBBT or something like that? The Brotherhood Two-on-Two Basketball Tournament, the BTTBT. Oh, God. The Coalition of American Corporations. And then there's like a shot of like some of the neighborhood guys just like going pshaw to when it's like about the corporation of it all, you know what I mean? Right. So they win, they they win the tournament and then because Woody Harrelson's character, just like you said, makes instantly bad money decisions at every possible turn, (laughs) he bets his winnings, which is $2,500 presumably. That he can dunk. That he can dunk. When he knows he can't. White men can't jump. Because white men can't jump. And it's like, oh, there's the movie name. And of course he doesn't get it. Wesley gets his money. He has to go back to it, the hotel that he's staying in because he and his girlfriend fled from the mobsters. Like and, a flea bag motel. And sh- and he has to tell her, I, I lost all the money. So she leaves him. And then he makes a half-court hook shot to get his girlfriend on Jeopardy, which is absolutely <laughs> not how it works. The returning champ in that episode that she's up against is a, uh, introduced as a rocket scientist. Yes. Foods that begin with the letter Q. Yeah, it's not how you get on Jeopardy. It's a long process. You don't just get on the lot. No. And also, you cannot, you cannot interrupt Alex Trebek when he's asking a question. You must let him finish. And you cannot say Mount Suvius instead of Vesuvius and have it count. Oh, yeah. They would definitely that, say no. They are was... very... They are very anal about that. That judge's decision was worse than any of the refereeing <laughs> in the two-on-two tournament. Which was none. There was none. It was just all fouling and grabbing the whole time. The gist of the movie is if you like watching guys trash talk each other. And your mama jokes. Yeah, that's what this movie is. Oh, oh rabbit is. Am I starting to get to you? No, oh, Sydney, you aren't getting to me. You're just making my eardrums hurt. Yeah, and there's a lot of swearing. There's a lot of swearing. It I is, remember. Yeah, is our. And uh, bad hats. Like yeah, it's very early nineties. Screams early nineties. I remember when this movie came out. I was sixteen, and have it, you seen it before? I, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it when okay. it came out because it was like the cool thing to go see was white man can't jump because because it was cool because it trash talked because it was all the swearing and stuff and the, the just the basketball it was just cool right so it was a big deal at the time and then it looks like after Gloria wins the Jeopardy money that her and Billy and that's Woody Harrelson's character are gonna be good but then Wesley gets robbed and now he needs money. And so he goes to Billy and doesn't have to twist his arm very much at all. So hey, there's a lot more money down down there. He's like, okay, but Gloria doesn't want him to go. But but honey, I'll guarantee you the money. And of course, it's not about the money. All right. So she leaves him for good. They yeah. do they do win because and of course you know this is how it's going to end. He dunks the ball for the win. That was good dunk. And then the movie kind of ends. And he doesn't get her back. No, that was surprised with that. I was like, oh, I like that. They're really not. She's not coming back. Yeah, that's a much better movie ending. But it's so. a much more unexpected movie ending. Right. Usually they would bring her back. So the thing is, he dunks. I, I didn't, I'd seen it before, but I forgot everything about it because it's been 27 years since I've seen it. Right. So I was like, oh yeah. Even before Wesley Snipes literally said the name of the movie, I was just like, oh, he can't dunk. The reverse layup is very popular in this movie. and A lot so, of spin moves. Yeah. So I just thought, oh, it's just a thing. That, that's just a clever title. They're not going to mention it. Then he literally says it. And then, of course, he ends up dunking at the end, which it did not look like he would be able to dunk. Those nets are lower. Correct. Yeah. They got to be, like, significantly lower. Movie fact nine and a half feet, which is not bad. What's, is it 10? 10. Legit. That's 10. not bad. Half a foot. Yeah. So if you do the math, he's five, nine and a half, roughly. And okay. Wesley Snipes is about five, nine, maybe a little less than five, nine. That makes sense. Yeah. Because I'm. Just oh, I'm about five nine and a half myself, and I can touch the rim, or at right. least I could when I was in a real like, rim yeah. shape. Yeah, I could easy touch the yeah, rim. Yeah, I can dunk on that. I could never dunk. I could dunk on nine and a half, but I'm six five. Yeah, which means I, by I the math, so. I should be able to dunk on a ten. Yeah, I cannot because I suck. Wesley Snipes is in great shape, and I'm sure Woody Harrelson got in great shape for this too. They're pretty young. That was the other thing that. Because up until this point in real time, we all knew Woody Harrelson from Cheers. And that's about it. He had maybe been in another movie. He was in Doc Hollywood. He wasn't the main guy. So he'd never been like the star of a movie. So I remember that was very weird because also I was only 16 and just hadn't come across it very often where a TV guy from a sitcom was like a movie star. And especially when you get into the F-bombs and stuff because on Cheers there was no swearing, of of course, course, right? And he was young and innocent and he wouldn't have sworn on Cheers anyways, even if they could. So I remember I remember that being like, Oh my gosh, this is a, a Woody we've not seen before. Yes. I liked the movie a lot and then it was fun. And then Jeopardy happened. I'm like, oh my God. It was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> it's so ridiculous, but it's a fun movie. It's about an hour fifty ish. And uh it did really well at the box office in terms of how the people got the parts. There was a tryout process. They basically rolled the ball on the court. And For all the other people, you mean? Actors and pickup. Yeah. So, you well, know, yeah, Keanu Reeves wanted wanted it, but he wasn't basketball. a basketball player. So that Woody, makes sense. Woody Harrelson was actually decent. And then uh, Bob Lanier, who was a, is a Hall of Famer, helped coach them up and said they were actually pretty good by the end of it. Division three, possibly. Hmm. And then uh, that Harrelson was the better player. I thought that the, the basketball of it all looked pretty good to me. I thought it was, it was clear what was going on yeah. all the time. It wasn't muddled like it can be. And I also realized, I was like, you know what? As far as sports and slow motion goes, it works best with basketball. There's just yes. just something about a ball spinning in the air, right, or whatever. Yeah, so that's true. It looks cool. And, and they, can, they didn't do a whole lot of bouncing off the rim or anything. And then Snipes, I guess, when he started out, great athlete. Couldn't shoot at all, just brick city. But uh, you know, you do enough training, and it turns out well. So yeah, I really, I really like this movie. 
Yeah, it was fun. Like, a lot of them are take themselves far too seriously or whatever, and this clearly And there was, wasn't, but. like, because it wasn't a professional thing. It was just a couple guys, right? Yeah. And there, the stakes were kind of low. Well, yeah, it was just them hustling money. And like, try, not trying to win a championship, but trying to win a couple thousand bucks. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Even for hustling, it was, like, low money. And it was interesting because usually for, like, movies where it's guys hustling somebody, it's usually pool or cards yeah. or something like that. It's basketball. Because he's white. Yeah. It's because he's white. Yeah. So he gets misjudged, so... Uh, in the end, I thought this was one of my favorite movies we've done so far, honestly. That much, eh? Yeah. All right. Like, it's not a great movie. No. But it's fun. Yeah. So, it depends what you're looking for. There you go. So, what's your rating? I will give this uh, seven and a half multicolored hats out of ten. I'll give it eight and a half daily doubles out of ten. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell. Or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah.